Lucas on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas and you're listening to Premier Christian Radio. This week, I want to talk about a subject which is surely affecting many of us as we navigate this really challenging season. And that is those moments, those seasons even, when we feel sad, low, fed up, maybe even depressed. We need to talk about these issues and tonight we will. So today let's consider our response when we feel sad or spiritually dry or even when God seems rather quiet. Have you registered for Premier's Voice of Hope emails? It's our way of staying by your side every day and walking with you as we face the coronavirus pandemic together. Premier Christian Radio, your voice of hope. Sign up for your daily emails at premier.org.uk forward slash daily hope. I'm Jeff Lucas and this week I want to talk about something that Christians can feel reluctant to discuss and that is those times when we feel sad. Just yesterday I posted something on social media that got an interesting reaction. Let me share the post with you. I said that I was feeling the need to release myself from the relentless drive to feel happy because yesterday I wasn't feeling happy, reduced to tears by the heartfelt tributes to lost loved ones on breakfast time television and hearing news from afar of two dear people unwell. I just felt really heavy. And I know it's okay to feel that way, but perhaps we need to take a step further and say not only is it okay, but it's human and needful to feel low at times. I know for me, that which usually makes my heart sing is taken away at the moment. The hugs of grandsons, the fun of a meal shared with family and friends, the physical gathering of fellow believers for worship, the simple joy of a pop into town for a coffee. I can't expect to find joy in those moments and then not feel vacant and flat when I can't experience them. Water slakes our thirst. Lack of water makes your lips dry. It's a simple, unavoidable fact. And so when we lose those blessings, those joys, it's obvious that we are going to feel a lack in our own hearts and lives. This is a time of grief and denying it won't change that. And then I, when I feel that way, I want to lecture myself sternly to wag my own finger in front of my own face and tell the rather glum me that it's worse, so, so much worse for others around the country and especially the wider world. And that is so true. But the finger wagging and the lecture doesn't quite work because in my relatively pain-free existence, there's still some sadness And that cloud is not driven away by me just comparing my weather conditions with someone else's storm. Yes, I do need to stay aware of what's out there. Otherwise, my capacity for self-absorption could grow like my hair is and get right out of control just like my hair is. So what to do when we feel sad? Well, for me, it's about taking baby steps and getting the next thing done. Perhaps praying some one-sentence prayers, determining to be grateful, reading something fun, then something deeper, then something biblical and not necessarily in that order. I'd also like in this time of challenge to learn how to rejoice. Most of the many encouragements towards rejoicing that are in the New Testament 
were written to people who were in times much tougher than these that we're experiencing. I know the theories, so please don't tell me that I need to ignore circumstances, get deeper in God, pray more, fast occasionally, or go off into the hills and not speak to anyone for a week, or wash for a week, which means that not speaking with anyone would be my Christian duty. I'd just like to learn how to rejoice. Lord, teach me, teach us what this rejoicing thing is all about. Well, that was the post. And after I posted it, a few people immediately unfriended me. Now, it might just have been coincidental. It might have been that they were doing a purge of their own online accounts. But is it possible that some might have been offended by the raw authenticity but is it possible that some might have been offended, irritated by just me owning up to the fact that as a Christian leader, I don't always feel like leaping around or headbutting a tambourine? Premier Lifeline is a listening ear. Open today and every single day from 9am until midnight. There's not always someone to pray with or even to talk to. In these troubled times, having someone to talk to is all you need. I'm thankful to have a listening ear in Premier Lifeline. We are here for you. If you need to talk, call 0300 111 0101. That's 0300 111 0101. Thank you for tuning in again to Premier Christian Radio. And this week, in this time of challenge, let's understate it like that, Many of us are feeling sad and low, and if I can use Christianese language, somewhat spiritually dry. We feel like we're in the wilderness rather than in the promised land. That statement reminds me of a Christian meeting that I attended some years ago. Brothers and sisters, the wide-eyed worship leader whispered breathlessly into the microphone during that service, there are times when we feel like we are in a spiritual desert. And as the psalmist says, our soul pants for God. Friends, the Lord wants our pants. Some of the gathered worshippers looked even more extraterrestrial than usual and dutifully dedicated their undergarments to the Lord. Others, like me, less godly and more in tune with unfortunate innuendo, stuffed Bibles into our mouths to avoid outright raucous laughter and guffawed at the idea of Doris in the front row offering up her bloomers in praise. But despite the little gaff, the worship leader was right. Without wishing to sound too much like a deodorant, there are those seasons when we believers, we Christians, feel arid and extra dry. I've got to confess that over the last few weeks, it's been like that for me, perhaps like that for many of us. Life has been more about the Sahara than Kew Gardens. And the parched feeling has not been helped by the fact that in my recent experience, I have to be honest and say that God has been rather silent. Prayer is hard when it feels like an endless one-way chat. Lately, my quiet times have been just that, very quiet. And when I have been part of online public worship, sometimes it's made me feel like I'm serenading the ceiling rather than having a wondrous encounter with the Almighty. There are moments when I feel like I've placed a telephone call, but I've been on hold for a very, very long time in silence. To be honest, I've never been one of those Christians with a red-hot line to the master on his desk, 
I vacillate between admiration and real concern for those folks who do enjoy broadband spirituality. They apparently enjoy cosy chats with the Creator throughout every day, their lives being punctuated with mind-boggling revelations, downloaded with speed and ease. Apparently, God is very much on speaking terms with these people, but I am in turn both intimidated by them and then thankful that I am not like them. Are they really closer to God or just in need of medication? And yet I don't want to join the ranks of a crowd who insists that God is somehow locked in the pages of a book and therefore never speaks to us directly through prophecy, dreams, visions, or any of the other modes that he so clearly describes in Scripture. I once shared a conference seminar with a speaker who insisted that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were now not in use and who referred to them in Scripture in the way that one looks at an old rusty bicycle, once efficient, now not needed, thank you very much. His main argument focused on misguided and immature use of the gifts of the Spirit, and he had more than a few horror stories to illustrate the point. But the Bible makes it abundantly clear that just because some bring discredit on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this should never encourage us to abandon them. They are all too important and vital. There have been more than a few moments when a word from God changed my day and my life. Perhaps there's a middle ground somewhere between the hotline and the disconnected line where we do genuinely hear the whispers of the God who loves to speak to us. But there are times when we might feel as if someone has sliced the cable between heaven and us. So why is it that there are times when God does seem somewhat distant? The Bible affirms that he is not shy, disinterested, bored with chatting, too busy or on a vacation in some far-flung solar system. But the dilemma remains and we're not greatly helped by the standard answer that God often goes quiet on us to make us look for him more. That argument makes it sound like God is playing little more than hide and seek, not at all the behaviour that one would expect from the very best father of them all, the good, good father. And it doesn't work for me, particularly when I'm in pain, lonely and doing my very best to love him, even when at the best of times he's invisible. Isn't that hard enough? Or does God like to pile on the pain by leading me into a massive maze and then abandoning me? What we can affirm is this. We are never abandoned, however heaven feels silent and whatever our feelings are. And when Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I believe that this was not because the father was turning his back on the sin offering that was Jesus on the cross, but rather Jesus was entering into the deepest pain of the human condition when we rely upon God, when we trust him, but it seems that he is silent. Jesus' closing statement at the end of Matthew's gospel affirms this truth to us. However silent heaven seems and whatever our emotions seem to shout at us, the truth is this, we are never going to be abandoned, never left alone again for the rest of eternity, for the rest of forever. We're talking about those times when we feel sad and also particularly when God seems silent in those sad and difficult times. Even in confessing my struggles, there have been those who would tell me that 
deafening silence from heaven is not because God isn't talking, but rather because I'm not posturing myself sufficiently to listen to him. If God seems far away, they chortle, guess who's moved? I'm tempted to respond to that by saying, if you haven't got a black eye, I'm tempted to give you one. These are the very same people who insist that if I'm sick and I'm not healed, then it definitely must be my fault. Thanks a lot. Not only do I have a migraine, but an automatic moral problem. There are times when the rush of wind around my ears, generated by the speed at which I hurtle through life, cause me to miss the whisper of God. I'm sure of that. And of course, the choice to deliberately rebel against God will create the effect of us placing our fingers in our ears, the hardening of our hearts. But that's not always it by any means. Ultimately, I've got to say that I've got no idea why it is that the spiritual life is sometimes bleak, more about hanging in there than leaping through a swashbuckling adventure. And that's okay. But I am not alone when I am in the dark. The Bible tells me that this side of eternity, I see through a glass darkly, to quote the old King James Version. Life will sometimes provide a bewildering fuzzy reception rather than a 4K level digital picture. I shouldn't allow wilderness times to prompt me to wander into cynicism or its more cancerous cousin, unbelief. I used to think that faith was about life as a clear day, when everything stood out in solid, recognisable shapes and there was nothing vague or indistinct. I had easy answers for everything, most of which were hollow cliches and syrupy slogans. I even knew when Jesus was coming back, having purchased a chart that laid it all out rather neatly. Now, I spend more time in the fog, have seasons of sadness, and have become more agnostic. By that I mean, not that I am losing my faith, but rather I am less sure of some of the minor elements of my faith. That's happening to me as I get older. And it's a relief to know that sometimes, like now, I'm just tired. As I'm speaking to you, let me just confess, not needing sympathy, that I still feel the wet blanket of weariness draped over my shoulders. But it isn't that God has died, or worse, is petulant. It doesn't mean that Satan is alive and well on planet Earth and camping in my bathroom. I just need a good night's sleep. And coming from the culture of existential excitement, of Pentecostal and charismatic circles where we feel and sense so much, and by the way, I love coming from those circles, I am yet learning profound lessons from my quieter, more contemplative friends. There are times when I need to simply affirm my faith in God, whatever the weather or circumstances, regardless of my emotions, even if the landscape seems bare and uninteresting and he seems to be nowhere on the horizon, I can still, we can still declare our trust in him. I've actually become envious of those churches where creeds are affirmed weekly and liturgy provides words of depth and faith, where people have no vocabulary of their own. There are times when I would love the community around me to put words into my mouth, lest I be struck dumb by isolated doubt. As I draw this to an end, let's say this. Sometimes faith is simply a choice to walk into the wind anyway. And many others have taken that chilly trek. The psalmist also talked about the God who dumped him miles from anywhere, Psalm 22 verse 1 in the message, but ends that prayer by worshipping anyway, 
without any clear answers in between. Let's follow that marvellous, resilient example. Lucas on Life.